entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf the show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builders Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders, that's you, by the way, so that you can inspire others. The Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find our show and many other fine shows at csuiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. My guest with me today is a repeat guest, and that is August Turek. Hi, August. How are you, sir? Glad to be with you, Marty. It's a privilege. Uh, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to our second conversation. August was on the show towards the end of 2019. You may want to look that up after you listen to this one. And if you just simply Google Business Builders Show in August Turak, T-U-R-A-K, you will find the first show that he did with us. August Turak is an award-winning author, speaker, consultant, and contributor for Forbes.com and the BBC. August is also the founder of the spiritual and educational nonprofit, the Self-Knowledge Symposium Foundation. He attributes much of his success to living and working alongside the Trappist monks of Mepkin Abbey since 1996. August's book, Business Secrets of the Trappist Monks, was published by Columbia Business School Publishing, and the full title of the book, which subtitle is The Business Secrets of the Trappist Monks, One CEO's Quest for Meaning and Authenticity by my guest, August Turak. You wrote another book called Brother John. We'll save that for later on in the show. Let's talk about The Business Secrets of the Trappist Monks. You sent me a note after the first interview, and you said to me in your email, Marty, I define all motivation as a longing for transformation. Okay, I'll take the bait. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, in, in preparation, getting into transformation and the whole idea of, we're addicted to the idea of learning. And I want to distinguish learning from transformation. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first time I came across it, I dropped out of college to study Zen. And my old Zen teacher used to say, you cannot learn the truth. You must become the truth. Hmm. And, and then later on, I had an incredible mentor, Louis R. Mobley, the founder and first director of the IBM Executive School from 1956 to 1966. And for you youngsters out there who don't remember uh, – I don't really remember either, but the 1960s and 70s was when IBM was the premier number one corporation in the world. Mm -hmm. And everybody was trying to emulate IBM back in those days. And Louis R. Mobley churned out all the executives that did that. And what he would drill into my head is he'd say, you, you cannot learn to be a great leader 
or a great human being. You must become a great leader mm. and a great human being. Um, and he said that what he was doing at the IBM Executive School was a revolution in consciousness, uh, a transformational uh, experience. So I became, I, I came up through this whole idea of, of becoming rather than just learning. And I'm not trying to denigrate the value of learning, of course. You know, I'm a compulsive reader since I was third grade. I love to learn. Mm -hmm. but, but the most important things in life are things we must become. These are the character issues, et cetera. Hmm. And, um, and so when I, was sat, when I was thinking, writing my book, Business Secrets of the Trappist Monks, I said, okay, you know, all motivation can be called a longing for transformation. An acorn doesn't learn to be a, an oak. It must become, it must be transformed mm -hmm. from a seed into a mighty oak, right? And, so, you know, and the caterpillar doesn't learn to be a butterfly. It's transformed into a butterfly. Hmm. And so all of, um, and so all of life is this longing for a transformation. Uh, you know, life transforms from life into death, um, and back into life again. These are transformational movements. Hmm. So if we want to be great, if we want to have great companies, if we want to motivate people, if you really want to motivate people, you offer them an opportunity for transformation. And what I uh, define is, is there's three, although we're all longing for transformation, there's three kinds of transformation. And when a hungry man, uh, when a thirsty man drinks, he transforms his condition. When a poor man hits the lottery, he has transformed his circumstances. But when Mr. Scrooge wakes up on Christmas morning, an utterly new man, he has experienced a transformation mm. of be being. Mm. This is a transformation of being. And wh whether we realize it or not, and I'm, you know, and I, I love being dogmatic because you're not allowed to be dogmatic these <laughs> days. Though. So, so I'm extremely dogmatic. Um, and I, I said, we're all longing for this transformation of being. Um, and the purpose of life, which gets into my second book, The Brother John, which is about the purpose of life. Right. The purpose of all of our lives is to be transformed, to have a transformation of being. Okay. Where did this yearning come from? What, 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 what inspired you? Did you have the aha moment? In other words, I want to give, I want to give folks, and I want to hear it again, um, where, where did this come from? Did you, were you always like that, this idea of becoming and transformation, or was there a moment or some well, you, uh, you transcending know, I, time? I, that's a fascinating question that I ask myself a lot, and a lot of people have asked me that question over the years. And um, I like to say that, you know, I am a, uh, a, a, an a, a, you know, inevitable talker, and I have answers for everything except for that particular question. Okay. You know, all, all, all I can say is that, that it, that it, it would be my vocation. It's my, you know, we're going to get into the hero's journey a little bit later on, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, the idea of a call is the vocation, the idea of a vocation. And yes, I'm enough of a mystic or whatever you want to call me, a call me superstitious if you like. But I believe that, that you know, there is something there. The universe calls to us in mm -hmm. certain ways. Mm -hmm. and, and when I was only in college, you know, I felt a very, very strong yearning for something more. For something great, for something uh, unique, that there was something out there uh, that was calling to me that wasn't something that I that I could accomplish through um, 
uh, the typical types of things of a career or or girls or beer or all the kinds of things that other college students, the most of the college students seem to be into at the time. Although I think I was blessed a little bit coming into college in 1970. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of still that 60s kind of stuff in the air. Um, people were still reading Siddhartha and, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, Demian and Herman, you know, Herman Hesse's books and, and Timothy Leary was talking about, you know, all the, you know, right. so there was a lot of that kind of stuff in the air. Yeah. But I really trace back that uh, just in college, I mean, I got so taken up with all of this uh, idea that by the time I was a sophomore in college, I had really n- abandoned any idea of of uh, using you know, my college degree for any kind of uh, career or anything like that. And I specifically started taking courses that I thought would help me. Um, become the kind of person. I remember thinking back then that one of the things I wanted the most was to, when I got to be an old man, assuming I'd make it, to look back without regrets, to feel like I had lived lived my life well, that I had sucked the marrow out of life, that I had really become everything I could possibly become. And uh, and that stayed with me all my life. So a lot of your work obviously comes from the Trappist monks and also, and this is where I, I want to transition now to the whole idea of the hero's journey. And um, you refer to Joseph Campbell's work, The Hero's Journey, as kind of, I guess, maybe a seed on, uh, on, on the work that you've done that's in the book, The Business Secrets of the Trappist Monks. So, so let's, let's start to go there. I mean, um, you know, let's start talking about this hero's journey. What do you mean? And, and are there some moving parts to that? Okay, so let's let's uh, before we move on to that, I want to say something else about sure. the about the transformation. Sure. Uh, so yeah, so you have these three kinds of transformation. When a thirsty man drinks, he transforms his condition. When a uh, when a um, uh, when a uh, uh, somebody hits the lottery, they transform their circumstances. And Mr. Scrooge is the idea of a transformation of being. Now, the mistake I think that people we all make. And you know, all of us make it as some. I certainly made it as well. Is we substitute, we try to substitute transformations of circumstance and transformations of um, of uh, condition for the transformation of being that we really want. So when you have a hole in your soul and you try to fill it up with with um, sweets and food or whatever, then you're really just transforming transforming your condition. But instead of actually getting the transformation of being that you really want, you just get mm-hmm. obese. <laughs> yeah. uh, the same with alcohol, with drugs, with sex. All of these things are transformations of condition. Mm-hmm. And when they're used properly, there's nothing evil about them. But when you try to use them to solve the solve your life's purpose, yeah. that's when you get into trouble. The same with the transformation of a con- of circumstance, you know, there's okay. nothing wrong with being wealthy. There's nothing wrong with being famous. We all need a little bit of uh, of, of approbation from the world. Sure. But when we start trying to think that uh, you know that, that the answer is to become famous and powerful, what we're really thinking is if everybody, if we can force everybody to treat us as if we're different, that we're really different. Mm. And one of the reasons why I believe people get wrecked by success um, is that they. Yeah, everybody starts treating you like a superstar when you're a celebrity, but deep down inside, you realize you're the same old schnook you ever always were, and you start. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and not only do you have to keep the pretense going, but it starts really wearing on you. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what I what I what really turned me on to this whole idea of this hero's journey is I uh, realized that, or you know, read about it and everything that so many of our mo- we spend billions of dollars on stories and movies and television shows. 
And so much of the movies, actually, I saw a documentary not too long ago about The Godfather, um, going all the way back to the roots of it and talking to the actors and everything. And they kept they said, well, you know, The Godfather is just the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell. Mm. So what Joseph Campbell did was he went and, and looked at all the earth, the, the worldly religions and the folk tales and the myths. And he, he looked, studied them all. And he said, wait a second, no matter whether it's Asian or European or Christian or Muslim, they all have a, this pattern that gets repeated again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And he, he called it the hero's, hero's journey. Mm-hmm. And these hero's journeys then are are repeated again and again in the movies that we go see. And so my old marketing background says, wait a second, if you're seeing people spend billions of dollars on something, there's something there they want. Yeah, yeah. And so the hero's journey, so we can go through the stages if, you, if you'd if like. Well, I, I would like to do that, but I want to make sure people, everybody everybody knows uh, who we're talking with. It's August Turak. His last name is spelled T-U-R-A-K. Yes, you can find him, augustturak.com. Uh, his book is Business Secrets of the Trappist Monks, One CEO's Quest for Meaning and Authenticity. And by the way, just as a side note, in case somebody is wondering, yes, he was a CEO. And yes, he certainly uh, has his viewpoint that is uh, certainly connected to business. Um, but becoming is really what August Turak is talking about. So so talk to me about you know the, the pathways or the steps, if you will, that you – it starts with the call. So – Talk to me about that. Right. I, I would say that my, so that my book, you know, it all, yes, it is very much connected to business in there and how the, how the Trappists are so incredibly successful because of all this. Right. Um, but, you know, what I'm really doing here is, first of all, I'm making an argument for the fact that what you really want out of your life, and by the way, what companies really want is this, uh, is this uh, transformation of being. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting to the hero's journey, which is the way, the process by which a being gets transformed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. This is the this is the journey, and so what I'm saying is, if hey, wait, if we're spending billions of dollars on all these movies, what that's telling me is that what we really all want is not to watch other people take the journey. We really deep down inside want to take the journey ourselves. And I think if you're if you're careful, you know, a lot of times, and I've noticed this in myself years ago, you go to one of these movies, you get really really excited, you follow the whole t- story, and at the end, you know, you kind of go out and you sit in your car and you're kind of a little bit let down. And I think that letdown is because you really deep down inside you want to go through it yourself. So I and, and so for my for the purposes I've you know time purposes I've constrained in my book uh, all the different stages of the journey and to to to, to the few I think that are essential. The first stage of the hero's journey is the call or the vocation. The classic story here is the. Um, of burning bush calling to Moses mm-hmm. and um, the hero gets called to leave the, the ordinary trivial BS behind and do something with his life. And um, it's in movies, you know, it's typically the uh, you know, I always think of these movies where, you know, the car shows up in front of a house outside in the desert somewhere and, and a spiffy young major jumps out and uh, out of the car and his uniform sparkles, and all of a sudden, Clint Eastwood comes out on the steps, and <laughs> mm. and, uh, and the and the young whippersnapper says, "We need you to come back to the army or the navy or the marines or whatever it is, because only you can blah 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 blah." Yeah. So that's the call, and this is you know, if you start watching movies, you'll see this is done over and over. So what's the second stage? The second stage is resistance to the call. So what does Moses say? No, 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 I'm not the right guy for the job, burning bush. You know, I, I uh, you know, I'm not a good talker. You need to send my brother Aaron. He can talk. I can't talk. You know, 
So we always resist it. And what does Clint Eastwood say? Get the heck out of here! I wouldn't come back. You know, he's he he uh, you know he 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 resists. But then this then what happens is inevitably he thinks it over or something else happens and he and he decides to accept his call. And the next stage of the hero's journey is always the desert. Mm. And the desert is, you know, of course, Moses goes out into the desert. Jesus goes out into the desert. St. John the Baptist goes out. There's always the desert. And the desert is the time when the hero is trained. Now, we look at movies, you know, they're, they're, you know, what is it? When, when Clint Eastwood comes back, he's got to be trained, right? When, um, uh, when in, you know, the Star Wars Yoda has got poor Luke Skywalker out there and don't try, do, he's <laughs> screaming at him all the time, you know? And mm-hmm. in, in the Matrix, you know, you've got uh, Morpheus uh, beating the snot out of uh, <laughs> Neo. I mean, right. so it's, it's always an extremely arduous yeah. Um, journey in the desert to be trained. This is character development. In the monastic tradition, this we would ca- they call that formation. In the Marines, they call it boot camp. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and now let's. Uh, now we want to be. I want to be really, really clear about the desert. You're not. You don't read books in the desert. You may read a book or two, but you, then it's not about reading books. It's about a transformation. It's character development. Mm-hmm. It's boot camp. You know, you don't learn to be a Marine. You become a Marine. Uh, you yeah. push the first valve down and the music goes round and round and it comes out here. Yeah. Um, you are a different person at the end of uh, Marine boot camp and then you were when you first went in. Yeah. You went in as a recruit. You come out as a Marine. This is extremely important distinction. Yeah. So the next stage of the so after the hero graduates from the desert, now he's ready to to go out there and go seeking the Holy Grail or whatever the heck he. Um, and the next thing that happens is the great trial, because he comes out of the uh, hero's he comes out of the desert extremely powerful, um, and so his the temptation now is always to use this power in a selfish way. Um, to and you know, and to be tempted by the dark side. So what happens to um, you know, Darth Vader? You know, succumbs to it. Al Pacino's character in The Godfather, um, um, he uh, Michael Corleone, he succumbs to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he starts to. So these. So now we have this tension. This is where the tension in the movie always takes place. You know, yeah. um, and usually in a lot of these movies, the the young whippersnapper he gets full of himself, right? Right. And, and he ends up doing all this stuff that yeah. uh, that he shouldn't be doing, and the, uh, the so the next stage though what he has to go through is he is there's a is there's a death and and if he doesn't get you know seduced and go off the path off the off the uh, path completely, um, he gets he has to go through the death and rebirth stage, and to me one of the my favorite scenes of the death and rebirth stage in the movies. Um, of course, Jesus and everything, there's tremendous all kinds of stuff from mythology of the death and rebirth, and not just in Christianity, it's all over the world. But my favorite in the movies is in Neo's case in um, The Matrix, because what happens there is he's fighting Mr. Smith, he's using all of the power, that he, the, the individual and personal power that he's taken from his training with Morpheus, but it's not enough. And Mr. Smith, the evil guy, is um, it kill, basically kills him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he's connected by a phone line from the Matrix, which is illusion, yeah. back to reality uh, to his beloved. 
Um, and her name just happens to be Trinity. <laughs> uh, the symbology there should be pretty obvious, although most people don't seem to notice it. Right. So Tr- Trinity is connected to him by a phone line. Well, this phone line is not a phone line. It's Grace. She is in reality, which is basically heaven. Uh, he is on earth, which is illusion. Um, and she's connected to him through love. And, uh, and the personification of wisdom and love is almost always female, even in, even in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so um, she, uh, she pumps the grace down to him. And based on the fact that he finally surrenders the idea that he can do this, selfishly do this by himself, he is reborn. <laughs> He transforms, he, he, he rises back up, and he kicks the snot out of uh, Agent Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the, um, the death and rebirth stage of the hero's journey. Now, the final stage of the, of the hero's journey, then, is the return to help others. And, um, you know, maybe I'm dating myself. These movies are getting old. But um, <laughs> I, I, lo- I love the, the, the return to help others stage in The Devil Wears. The Devil Wears Prada is a classic movie that, uh, based on the hero's journey. Yeah. And, but at the very end of the movie, she's walking up Fifth Avenue. Um, and the first thing she does is she calls her uh, friend and gives her gives away all of her clothing. Yeah. She accumulated in the fashion industry all this super expensive yeah. uh, clothing, and she gives it away. Well, what does a monk do? He renounces his clothing, right? Yeah. He accepts his habit. So she is she is returned. She's she's no longer needs any of that. Yeah. And the next thing she does is run into Meryl Streep. And Meryl Streep is her teacher, her guru, uh, who made life so miserable for her, you know. And our teachers always make life miserable for us. <laughs> right. Uh, and we, lo- we love that idea in the abstract, but when it actually becomes a teacher, then we don't want to put up with it. Yeah. Um, and then she finally, uh, you find her um, going on with her life with this radiant, and she, she actually nods to her teacher and gives her a little smile and everything. And, and, it, and when, once uh, Meryl Streep gets in the limousine, she gives a little smile. In other words, that's like the Zen master who gives sure. you what they call Inca. They call it in Zen. They call it Inca. When the master finally says, "You done good, kid. You yeah. graduated, right?" Yeah, yeah. And now she's on her way at the very end of the movie to help other people on their journey. And this is why it's so uplifting. At the end, we sense that, even though she doesn't come right out and say it. Yeah. So this is what the this is. So you can also boil this thing down to even something else. The whole hero's journey, the whole becoming process. Life itself, the purpose of it all is to be transformed from a selfish to a selfless person. Mm. That's, what's ha- that's what's happening to the hero. Mm. The, hero the hero has to go through all these stages, go through all, face all the dragons, all the stuff he's got to go through in order to be transformed from a selfish into a selfless person. And that's the purpose of life. And this is all in August Turak's book, The Business Seekers of the Trappist Monks. Obviously, there's uh, several pages that addresses his journey, his hero's journey. Uh, and obviously, it's connected to the, to the business lessons of the Trappist monks. But this is a leadership journey. This is a, and I, I'm telling you, I'm admitting it's a, it's a unique perspective that I believe in strongly. That's why you're back on the show. <laughs> I believe. Ah, thank you. I believe strongly in your, in your mission here. So we're actually kind of out of time, but I do want to mention uh, you wrote an, a beautiful book that's beautifully illustrated by uh, an artist called, his name is Glenn Harrington, and that book is Brother John. And um, I can't spend time on that other than to make sure that everybody knows about it. 
I gave away quite a few for holiday gifts. You do want to look up Brother John by August Turak, and you can find him at augustturak.com. So we need to wrap up. Thank you for for this journey. Thank you for being back on the show. I'm sure people love this. And again, I want to mention that if you want to hear the first show, which we talk more about Brother John, that's called a segue in this business, by the way, August, you know, I'm, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the segue myself. here, you know, um, you want to go to Business Builders Show and August Turak, T-U-R-A-K, you will see that show pop up right away. You'll want to listen to that. And you do want to buy the book, Business Secrets of the Trappist Monks. August Turak, thank you so much for being part of the Business Builder Show and for improving my life and for improving the lives of all who listen to your message. Thank you so much, Marty. It was a pleasure to be on. Thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Reminding you to find all our shows and many other great shows on C-Suite Radio. That's c-suiteradio.com. On behalf of myself, Marty Wolf, your host, and D.C. Taylor, my executive producer, thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show, but stay tuned for information on how you can become part of the C-Suite Network. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. As a loyal fan of this C-Suite Radio Show, we've got an unbelievable offer for you. Listeners to the Business Builder Show get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You'll have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited-time offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR.